What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to another episode of Season 18, part of our live lectures, our email lectures that we do. Uh, members, uh, paid members are, always have the opportunity to uh, join uh, me for the live lecture as basically like a live studio audience. And occasionally we'll invite the Discord community to join us from time to time. And uh, so, yeah, that's who we have joining us tonight. We have members of the uh, Discord community here and uh which is uh ultimately great uh, for that how's the uh, sound coming for you guys i want to know if it's a little too much or if it should be if the gain should be turned down just a little bit not entirely sure also uh using uh my my uh my new office is not done yet uh hopefully i'll have it done for the cutting edge episode uh next week it was uh definitely um delayed so that's kind of uh, frustrating so i'm using uh, this other office in the meantime so yeah it's got a really good uh, internet connection so works out not only that uh i do have a new uh microphone system for filming outside to uh, get rid of a lot of the wind noise and uh, it was pretty very very affordable investment i couldn't believe how <laughs> egregiously cheap uh, this uh, shotgun mic with Windjammer was, it's just getting it to work properly uh, with my camera has been difficult. So I got to use uh, TRRS instead of TRS and it took me a while to track down the uh, proper cabling with how to get it to work. But yeah, I, I think, I think overall uh, I'm pretty happy with the new setup. So a lot of the uh, wind noise that's been showing up in the videos uh, should be eliminated. Also, I'm having a stream indoors because it's just way too hot outside. My phone will eventually just crash from all of the heat. And uh, I haven't exactly figured out a fan solution, at least a fan solution that's not going to uh, destroy the sound or at least, uh, yeah, destroy the sound basically. So I had considered using like a Milwaukee, uh, shop uh, fan, but I'm not entirely sure that's going to work. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, welcome. Uh, this episode we're basically is an overview of the Mind Temple. We've been doing temple overviews uh, within season 18 as a supplement to the Deadly Sin lectures. Uh, this month uh, for Deadly Sins, we are going to be discussing the Body Temple. And uh, the body temple, we'll be looking at uh, the deadly sin of gluttony. We'll also be looking at the deadly sin of greed, uh, greed for ENTJs and ISFPs, and INTPs and ESFJs for the deadly sin of gluttony. Uh, please make sure you guys tune in to those lectures when they are released. I expect them to be released probably the first one, hopefully uh, a week from this Friday. And the one uh, the Friday afterwards, uh, but don't quote me on that. That may not be the case, but we always may try to make sure that we get them both in before the end of the month uh, Pacific time. So, so yeah, it is, overall we have a pretty good uh, content uh, delivery plan uh, for the month of August. August is going to be halfway over uh, this weekend, and uh, we're just continuing to bring in additional content. In terms of the public content, we have the duality series coming up. We have season 24 that needs to be completely finished. 
that's also coming up. Uh, we have two Confessions of an ENTP uh, live streams also going to be uh, made available on top of a whole host of Acolyte questions. I, I, we, we have a lot of Acolyte questions. But now that I have this new sound system for the camera, I'm very confident uh, the content is going to flow out even more. And we're going to be seeing additional content, not just focused on uh, intuitive types. We're also going to be getting a lot of sensing uh, related content coming out very soon. So stay tuned for that. That being said, if you are a paid member, uh, it would be really great, an Acolyte member, it would be really great if you guys would submit questions that are related to some of the more sensing types just to keep the content pretty balanced. I've been answering INTJ, ENTP, and INFP uh, and INFJ related questions like crazy. Uh, it would be really great uh, if we had a little bit more representation outside of just those types if possible. Now, I know some of you have been Acolyte members for a while and don't really have as many questions to ask about yourselves, but please, I encourage you to ask more questions relating to SPs and SJs whenever possible. Some of the reasons why I've been sharing some of the temple content as part of the answers for the Acolyte questions that we do on YouTube and the podcast, because it definitely does include some of the sensing types, especially when I'm discussing cognitive origin, living virtue, deadly sin, shadow and aspiration poles, basically anything within uh, the what we're calling the temple wheel. Temple wheel equals origin, deadly sin, living virtue, shadow pole, and aspiration pole. Those five components equal the temple wheel. So, uh, and there's one wheel uh, per temple, basically. So keep that in mind. It's uh, it's just it's just something that I'm asking. You don't have to do this, obviously. If you need to use your question for yourself or for other things that are really important, that's no problem. We'll definitely get the answer to your question. But if there's a chance that uh, you could utilize your question to assist you uh, or others uh, with SJs and SPs, uh, so we can kind of eliminate that intuitive bias in some capacity, that would be really great. But no pressure and not required. Just a, just a recommendation or an ask uh, from me to you uh, in making sure that we're able to uh, answer quality questions for all types involved. So yeah. Cool. Uh, great. So we have a decent sized audience. Let's get down to business uh, for the Mind Temple. The Mind Temple includes the following four types, the ESTJ, the ISTP, the ENFJ, and the INFP. Now, remember, folks, the idea of the temples, we're calling this temple exploration as we're exploring the temples uh, together. Temple is typically a religious and sacred concept. Uh, for the types of the mind temple, they view the world's problems as stemming from a lack of education, skills, knowledge, learning, teaching, uh, these types of things. And if these things are lacking, then it's ultimately a problem. The mind temple is also a masculine temple overall, and as much as the soul temple is also a masculine temple. The heart temple is a feminine temple, and the body temple is also a feminine temple. And uh, to obviously, you know, give myself an opportunity at additional uh, scrutiny uh, by my critics, I would like to clarify 
one of my theories. Uh, if you guys remember, I think it was in season one, episode 10, I think, or 11. I think it's season one, episode 10. It's when I had my little diagram of Mr. Radiohead on the whiteboard uh, almost four years ago. Probably is four years ago by now. Long time ago, uh, back in season one. And... Uh, this is where my critics oftentimes are like, oh, you know, you're, you're typing sperm. And I'm like, no, I'm not typing sperm. That's not, that's not how it works. But the temples are very interesting and very important, especially when it comes uh, to the act of reproduction within the human species. Uh, masculine traits, uh, which are carried by the sperm, uh, include contributions such as the soul and the mind temple. And then uh, the feminine traits as provided by the egg inside of women ultimately uh, contains the heart and the body temple. With the body temple in effect kind of representing the ego of the feminine and the soul temple representing the ego of the masculine. And if you put them together, it's like the body temple is the superego, whereas the soul is ultimately the ego when you're making an actual person within the womb. This has led to some very interesting theories. I have a theory right now that if an alien male was to have sexual relations with a human female, that human female would produce a child, but the child would have the heart and body of a man, but the mind of an alien, basically. So they'd look human, but not exactly be human, which you can kind of argue is biblical for those of you that care about biblical concepts when considering the book of Genesis, uh, the serpent having sexual relations with Eve and she uh, conceived Cain. And then uh, immediately following, she had sexual relations with uh, Adam and then ends up uh, conceiving uh, Abel and they are fraternal twins, according uh, to that story, a more accurate portrayal of that story. But as you know, when Cain and Abel are both born, they look human. It's just one has a human mind. The other one has like the serpent or an alien mind, if you think about it. Uh, and this is ultimately how the, the temples are expressed within the human being. You know, so a person's soul, their persona ultimately comes from men. It does not come from women. This is why people get their identity from their fathers and not actually their mothers. Uh, what they do get from their mothers is ultimately their heart and their body, but in terms of their soul, aka their persona, and ultimately their mind or their thinking, that is the masculine or fatherly contribution to the human being. And all of these things are entirely necessary to understand when considering the impact that temples have directly upon the human psyche in as much as the human body. Very, very important because we're probably going to be discussing this a little bit more in the body temple, but like I'm just going to leave it here. At the end of the day, genetic expression is directly as a result of the soul, also directly as a result of a person's persona, their personality. Okay. That's kind of how it is. It's funny because like recently, like I, I, I got, I got some haircuts and, you know, just changed like kind of how I looked and like my my barber literally looked, told me like, man, you look like a clone of Andrew Tate. And I'm like, oh, I am so tired of being compared to Andrew Tate with how I look. It's like, no, that's not intentional. It just sort of happened. Well, guess what, folks? We're both 
unconscious developed, unconscious focused ENTPs, myself and Andrew Tate. So it makes a lot of sense from a genetic expression point of view that we would very much look similar. Have you ever noticed people out there that look similar to one another? Well, the reason for that is ultimately because uh, nurture, uh, nature expression and nurture expression genetically and epigenetically is very similar across people with the same personality as well as their same nurture. And if you're not already aware of it, we've been discussing octogram. We've been discussing octogram. Octogram is the ego hacker community version of um, a neogram. It's far more accurate and like better in every way. A neogram's original purpose was to explain human nurture impact upon the psyche. And ultimately, uh, but it doesn't say where they're developed and where they are going to be developing. It doesn't really provide that nurture pathway for a human being. We've since fixed that problem. And as a result of realizing that humanity's psyche is actually a base force system following the following binary characters of 00011100 in no particular order, humanity as four-dimensional sentient beings, our psyches are, are a base force system, mathematically speaking. And anything that has that uses a base three system, you can automatically assume is bullshit. This also includes the Trinity uh, of uh, you know the portrayal of the Christian God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, I personally do not believe in a Trinity. I reject the idea of a Trinity because it doesn't follow the base four system, which is everywhere in nature and everything that's based on everything we know. For more information on that, I recommend reviewing the first five episodes. I believe it's the first five episodes of season 17, if not the first four episodes, uh, the season 17 playlist on the YouTube channel uh, or on the podcast. Please check both of those out uh, or either one, whichever one you're coming. Just, just get the first four or five episodes um, because it kind of talks about that. And then those ideas combine them with the knowledge that we are a base for system. So anything, so like, you know, the art of seduction has nine seduction styles. There's actually eight seduction styles. One of them, there's an extra one, that's the dandy. That's not exactly a seductive style. Uh, there's actually eight deadly sins, not seven deadly sins, for example. There is not 12 signs in the zodiac. There's actually 16 signs in the zodiac. Like all throughout uh, the universe, you can just see this pattern. We are a base force system and sentience is necessary for a base force system for our psyche. And it's, and the mind temple is no different. So make sure you folks understand these metaphysical concepts when comprehending uh, the four sides of the mind because it is still a base force system. Everything that is psychological to humanity is a base force system. If you hear anyone talking otherwise, they're full of crap don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. And this is one of the ways that you could utilize to just identify who actually knows what they're talking about versus who doesn't. And the, and the fact of the matter is, is that the psyche is ultimately a base for system following these, um, these issues. So anyway, uh, so the mind temple, uh, the mind temple, is in service of two different uh, functions. Uh, it is in the service of introverted thinking from a judgment uh, point of view, uh, which is also important. It's also, uh, 
but actually let's 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 just go back talk more a little bit about education so education and learning are ultimately sacred to the mind temple because they view those things as the antidote to the world's trouble right it is central to like their worldview. the problem is is that the mind temple oftentimes thinks that they have the answer and this can lead to like the deadly sin of pride for example uh, as well as the deadly sin of sloth because it's like hey why should i bother doing anything if everything is already learned or if everything's already done or if no one's going to listen uh or the other side is is like i'm i don't have to change because i already know the answer but the thing is it's like you know these prideful types istps enfjs for example just because they know the answer doesn't mean they're actually going to take action which is ultimately like it's pretty lame it's it's pretty gross uh so just just keep that in mind um so uh, less mature mind temple types solely lean on knowledge and education as the only valid methods to improve themselves and others. This is basically my dad. That's also my uh, father-in-law. Uh, both these two are, are ENFJs. My dad was like so excited when he got his doctorate, for example, and he makes other people refer to him as Dr. Matt on a regular basis. And he, and he just derives so much of his personal validation from that title. And I, I just have to say, like, I really don't care. I mean, knowledge and education is not the whole story. Like, what happened to a person's skills? Like, when, when do skills actually matter? And I was reading an article uh, earlier today, and I forgot who it was posted um, by in Discord, but I believe it's in the Society and Politics channel and talking about the lost boys basically. And that article was a very fundamental read for myself because oftentimes like, you know, you often hear men uh, give other men crap or women give other women crap over their per parental investment that they themselves have received in our lives. I have my father, he's still alive. I grew up in a nuclear family without divorce, but and did I still, did I still make it out? Well, a lot of people's like, well, at least you know your dad, at least you have that, at least you have that. And it's like, well, but my dad is literally a clone of Homer Simpson. Is there like, he, I didn't learn masculinity from him. He's the most anti-masculine person I know. In fact, he actually goes out of his way to destroy other people's masculinity. And he does it in a very prideful way. Uh, this is what the Rational Mail volume five uh, in the chapter titled Blue Pill Alphas actually tries to explain where men use all of their alpha energy to actually destroy other alphas and actually cause or force other men to be more beta, be more blue pill basically as a result. And I am one of those people. I am one of those victims of that system. And my father is the card carrying member of what it is to be a blue pill alpha. He's very in charge. He's all about what he thinks. He will not listen to anyone. Everyone else has to listen to him. He is the biggest know-it-all I know. But if you don't follow his system of accepted ethics, you are basically trash. And he'll never overtly treat you like trash. He'll just start tuning you out and deciding that I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And it's the most annoying thing in the world, especially with a son, his firstborn son with TI parent. And it's not like his TI inferior daughter, uh, my sister, also really enjoys his ti inferior either because they're both trying to get the other to listen and they just won't listen to each other whatsoever so the communication is completely shallow albeit entirely meaningless right yippy skippy mind temple 
So it's it's not exactly it's it's not exactly the greatest thing in the world. So <clears throat> if the mind temple is ultimately not incorporating other temples or at least going out of the way to gain skills and not just completely outsource the the point of their temple, uh, which is you know ultimately TI, then they're not going uh, and it's also uh, the mind temple also is is in service to experted sensing like. The extroverted sensing side, it, it's so it's so key because uh, because without without the extroverted sensing side, uh, where's the skills? They can have all the knowledge and education in the world, but like if they have no skill, that, that there's no point behind their knowledge and education. There's no point in their teaching. There's no there's no point to these people whatsoever. I don't care what you know. I care about what you can do for me. That's what I care about. And for some reason, the mind temple often gets lost in that dichotomy on a consistent basis. It's really, really frustrating. So looking at ESTJs and INFPs, they often provide the expert intuition and the expert thinking uh, input, basically, for new educational institutions and new perspectives and strategies to obtain knowledge. What this basically means is that the school system uh, in Western society is entirely based around the mind temple, is entirely based around ESTJs and INFPs. And that's why ESTJs and INFPs have the highest success rate in public schools than any other other place and also than any other type, basically. ISTPs and ENFJs also have an opportunity to do really, really well in public school as well. Although oftentimes the ISTP is the odd man out, often chooses to not participate. Unless, of course, they're put into things like wood shop and metal shop or in future farmers of America, you know, those uh, horticulture, those kinds of things where they can actually use their education to interface with outdoors, especially in a high school situation. But when it comes to elementary school and middle school, not so much, not really that much. I mean, I only like electives and available electives that are made available to students in um, public school starting from middle school to high school is like. It's it's so minute that the ISTP ends up suffering because at least the ISTP of the four types of the mind temple is the type that cares about gaining skills and conferring those skills upon others the most. That's not to say that they can't still get lost in their own head and, and be subjected to pride. Uh, but it, it's it's still it's still from that perspective. But at the end of the day, ESTJs and INFPs represent like the, the educators. They're the educators of the mind temple. Whereas the ENFJ and the ISTPs, it's their jobs to verify or filter the quality of input provided by ESTJs and INFPs through their introverted thinking and their expert sensing. And uh, they really make great teachers at imparting skills to other people uh, rather than just being containers of knowledge and information. The thing is, though, is that they need knowledge and information to be able to increase their skills. So oftentimes the pride types known as the ISDP and the ENFJ, they need to be willing to humble themselves enough to listen. And they typically um, they typically don't uh, listen. That's one of the biggest problems with them. If you think about it, the types that need to be the student the most are the ENFJ and the ISTP. Whereas the types that need to be the teacher the most are actually the ESTJ and the INFB. It's a really fascinating, uh, really, really fascinating uh, concept. So what that means is, is ESTJs and INFBs, they end up listening too much. 
whereas the ENFJ and ISTP, they do not listen enough. But then again, the ENFJ and ISTP end up teaching too much, um, or, um, excuse me, I got, I got that backwards. It, it, yeah, ESTJs and INFPs, they end up listening too much, right? And then, then then they become, you know, educators, you know, as a result. So that's that's just, you know, a small little dichotomy for you to like differentiate the different sides of the mind temple where they're coming from. And each side of the mind temple is two of them as represented amongst their cognitive origin uh, as a result. Um, so... You know, and and honestly, like the mind temples ultimately ruin society by ruining our education, by making education favor ESTJs and INFPs and treating every child that goes through the education system as ESTJs and INFPs, which are the types who are obsessed with gaining power and authority and oftentimes end up running our government anyway, which is an entire it's it, it's a shit show. And uh, honestly, if you think about it, public schools are psychologically racist. And for the most part, that would mean that ESTJs and INFPs out of all the 16 types are the most likely of all the 16 types to be psychologically racist because they have the full backing of society behind them uh, to help support their need for power and authority. You know, what about my need for rebellion? What about that? I can't get satisfaction out of life unless I rebel. What about my need for rebellion? Oh, but that would, you know, challenge society. We can't have that. See what I'm saying? It's really, um, it's really frustrating. So let's discuss the macro nature of the mind temple. So uh, the mind temple is ultimately the collective extroverted sensing and the introverted thinking for humanity. So it kind of like behaves like an ESTP to a point. Uh, the mind temple ultimately wants to shape, which is extroverted sense, uh, others through knowledge, which is introverted thinking. That is the ultimate purpose of the mind temple. The problem is, is that members of the mind temple heavily favor the knowledge side, the TI side, and are not really that willing to handle the shaping or the skilling of the extroverted sensing side, mostly because our society doesn't really permit it because the ESTJs and the INFPs have practically taken over. You know, oh, I just want the days back whether we used to tar and feather these people. Uh, that would be nice. So the mind temple is ultimately the collective how. Uh, for humanity. If the soul temple represents potential, which is expert intuition, and the heart temple represents vision, which is introvert intuition, then the mind temple becomes the first of the concrete temples, focusing on bringing the vision of the heart temple into existence through the macro extroverted sensing or imparting the skills, developing skills and imparting those skills upon the rest of humanity, basically. That is the nature or the purpose of the mind temple itself. That's the whole point. And that is ultimately the point of the mind temple's existence and those who are within the mind temple of existence. But what is learning? So just as character is like the main point of the soul temple and passion is the main point of the heart temple, learning is the central drive uh, for the four types within the mind temple. But what exactly is learning? Let's define it. Quote, the act or process of acquiring knowledge or skill. And even in the first definition, you see the philosophers and the Templars roles working in unison, knowledge and skills. Philosophers acquire and teach knowledge primarily and skills secondarily, but the opposite is true for Templars. Templars often acquires, uh, acquire skills first and then uh, secondarily end up becoming the teachers 
And honestly, like, I think it'd be better if these types would just actually focus more on their secondary roles instead of their primary roles, because their primary roles are already hella, like, ugh, grossly uh, emphasized uh, within the society, like enabled by society, like an unhealthy level of enablement. Honestly, it's very unhealthy. So just, you know, be aware of that. And, uh, but the breakdown of learning is deeper than just knowledge and skill. There is a more foundational system that encompasses the objective of the mind temple. The first layer is education and the second is ultimately learning. So like, let's actually define education. Uh, so, which is quote, the act or process of imparting or acquiring general knowledge, developing the powers of reasoning and judgment, and generally of preparing oneself or others intellect intellectually for mature life oh my god that is so arrogant if you actually think about it they actually think that they're the arbiters of you know making people more mature when really it's just them projecting on others and making people more like them which is ultimately the experience that i had when i went to public school when i was treated like i was some infp because i was an np type gross i couldn't deal with it and then the next definition is a degree level or kind of schooling these definitions of education are okay, but true education in the mind temple sense is when teachers provide the foundational tools so that independent learning becomes possible later in life. Uh, a portion of the first definition captures this, preparing oneself or others intellectually for mature life. I actually had a discussion about this uh, with, uh, um, with a family member of mine because I literally told this family member, I'm like, look, Grades don't matter. They don't matter. I will never care. No one will care about your grades. GPA doesn't matter. And I said, listen, all that matters is that a person knows reading, writing, and arithmetic, and they can write pretty well, and they can read really well, and they could do mathematics. That's all school exists. That's all you will ever get out of school. Other than that, you might get revisionist bullshit history in your history class, which is also entirely bullshit. I mean, just look at the standard narrative of 9-11, bullshit, for example. The narrative of Operation Iraqi Freedom, bullshit. Enduring Freedom, bullshit. De Desert Storm, bullshit. Vietnam, bullshit. World War II, bullshit. Need I go on? It's all bullshit. So, like, we're just going to be, you know, teaching children bullshit while simultaneously destroying the true mature feminine and destroying the true mature masculine within schools anyway. Thank you, Mind Temple. Thank you, Mind Temple, for ruining our lives. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh, it just stokes the fires of vengeance within my soul. So education is like ultimately laying a foundation for a house. This is why some standardization can be a good thing because it allows everyone to be provided with the same fundamental tools to use. The problem is, is that that's assuming everyone's an ESTJ or an INFP when it comes to this education system. Different types need different tools. The thing is, is that ESTJs and INFPs have the deadly sin of sloth. They're too lazy to understand what those tools are for everybody. So they're only going to pay attention to the tools that matter to them and expect everyone else to be like them. That is the sloth deadly sin coming out in terms of the education system that is set up ultimately by the mind temple. It is ridiculous. The purpose of education should be the mastery of those fundamental tools. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The problem is, is like not all tools are actually represented. 
If education is the first stage, then learning is the second stage. Learning is an understanding. Uh, it's basically understanding the process required to obtain skills or knowledge. And using that process, I'd like to say journey, using that journey over and over again to sharpen and expand one's mind. Someone who is educated in basic tools of learning can teach themselves anything. Again, though, the basic tools of learning changes amongst the 16 types. And I don't see the mind sample going to that much of an effort to identifying what those tools actually are. I'm an ENTP. Uh, one of the education tools I should be given is uh, The Prince by Machiavelli, but they're not gonna give me that in public school, are they? You see what I'm saying? Because they're so afraid of dark triad traits, yet dark triad traits are the actual skills that I need to learn fundamentally to grow as an ENTP to begin with. See how I'm saying that uh, the education system is actually psychologically racist? Do you guys understand that yet? Thank you, Mind Temple, for being the most psychologically racist of all of the temples and all of the types. Thank you, thank you very much. So frustrating. So what are the origins of learning? So there are two micro origins that make up the macro origin of learning. So there's authority, which is sought out by ESTJs and INFPs, also power. Um, and then there's also validation, which is sought out by ENFJs and ISTPs. So authority plus validation equals learning, right? Authority and validation exist in yin and yang equilibrium within the mind temple. Uh, it's like a push or pull thing. Authority is about uh, who should teach and lead. Validation is about how that decision is made. You know, it's like, okay, is there a valid person who is a teacher? Is there a valid person who is leading? Validation is all about, let's check to see if they're actually, if they actually have the integrity or the strength or the actual knowledge or God forbid the skill to be a teacher, right? I don't know how many times I've been to public school and then listening to an ESFP history teacher and I'm just shaking my head. And it's like, why, why are you teaching? Why can't we get an ISTJ in here? Why can't we get an INTJ in here to teach history? Why does it have to be this person that just, you know, accepts everything that they're reading, you know, and then just regurgitates it? School is all about memorization and regurgitation. It's not actually like learning anything new. And besides, is that ESFP really gonna challenge the standard narrative of history as a history teacher? Probably not. And what's worse is that the education system was set up by ESTJs and INFPs. And guess what? Those are the most credulous out of all the types. Credulous meaning they're the ones who outsource their thinking to authorities, other authorities. If someone else has authority, they automatically assume that that person knows what they're talking about. That's what makes them credulous. And we put those people in charge of our uh, government. We put those people in charge of our schools. Maybe we're the idiots. Maybe we are the ones who are actually the idiots. You might want to think about that. So authority is also about expertise and power. ESTJs and INFPs seek power and expertise to be regarded as authorities, which was what we learned in the sloth uh, deadly sin lecture at csjoseph.life forward slash members in the journeyman section. You can log in there at csjoseph.life forward slash portal and access the journeyman section to be able to watch that lecture. And I highly recommend you do as a companion to this particular lecture. The NFGA and ISTP's job is to verify the legitimacy or the validity of said authority and power that is held by an ESTJ and an INFP, just as they verify whether something is true or whether or not an, an ethic, an ethical rule of some kind is valid or not. And which is funny, because if you think about it, like ESTJs and INFPs love making rules and love making rules for everyone else, but it's often rules for others to follow and they not, they not themselves. 
kind of like Ted Turner and his investment into the Georgia Guidestones, where he is trying to reduce the world's population by 94% and calling for only 500 million human beings on the planet. And I'm like, okay, so Mr. Turner, obviously you're offering to kill yourself in that process, right? No, 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 Chase, I have power and authority. I'm important. So I'm obviously amongst the 500 million who survived to which the ISTPs and the ENFJs of the world would just barf at that because it's like, okay, well, who, who made you valid? You see what I'm saying? They love making rules, but that doesn't mean it's ethical. So ENFJs and ISTPs are seeking authorities to share their power with them and ESTJs and INFPs are seeking validation, accuracy and compassion from the mind temple Templars. So that's, that's what makes up the origins of learning ultimately. So let's talk about the deadly sins and the living virtues for a second. So we're going to lightly touch on these because they we've gone into much depth within the uh, sloth uh, lecture, as well as the pride lecture in the uh, journeyman uh, members area. So those two lectures are there. So we're just going to lightly touch on them here. So the Mind Temple's Deadly Sins are both sloth and pride. Sloth equals, quote, an intense self-satisfaction with one's own effort or accomplishments leading to laziness, closed-mindedness, and intellectual stagnation. And pride is defined by, quote, an intellectual superiority complex that strips others of their voice and leads to complete certainty that one has all the tools to overcome any obstacle and solve any problem. I would like to make a statement about pride Notice how it says, quote, complete certainty that one has all the tools to overcome any obstacle and solve any problem. And be that as it may, an ENFJ or an ISTP may actually have all the tools to overcome any obstacle and solve any problem. They literally might. It doesn't mean they will. It doesn't mean they will actually take the action. It's kind of like, you know, talking to an ISTP and just being like, hey, you know, you have some serious health problem. You should fix that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what to do. And then they actually explain it to me as to how to solve the problem. I'm like, great. I'm glad you know. Are you actually going to do it? But getting them to actually take action versus like the actual knowing, it's really, really frustrating. It's not like an INTP who like plans everything out in their head, but because they have the entire plan made in their head, they actually just decide to not do anything about it anyway because they think they'll be able to do it quickly later. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not exactly true. This is one of the most frustrating things about pride types. It's like, yeah, they do have all the tools and sometimes they, they don't have all the tools, but typically throughout life, they do have all the tools to overcome any obstacle and solve any problem. Doesn't mean they're actually going to do it. Doesn't mean they're actually gonna take action. And it's so frustrating because they just surrender to their secondary deadly sin of sloth in the process. It's so gross and I hate it. And I hate it about that. And it kind of causes me to just not really want very many of them in my life. The ones I do want in my life are the ones who are able to overcome themselves and are actually willing to put in the effort and the action to change things. I don't care what their claims are in the past because if I'm not experiencing it right now, I'm not interested and I'm not gonna waste my time because they're just gonna feed me false hope over and over and over again. It's really gross, so annoying. Anyway, the Mind Temple's Living Virtues are initiative and humility. So initiative is uh, defined by the following, quote, accepting the responsibility that being an authority means maintaining and improving your knowledge and skills. Initiation is the application of power to be the change you want to see 
in the world. Oh, it's also a conduction of power, conductivity of power. So instead of like being an ESTJ INFP silo, which contains power, contains authority, you are using leadership and sharing your power and authority with other people and letting them act on your behalf. It's like deputizing. So they need to learn how to deputize people because that's how they not only gain additional power, but that's also how they keep power. But if they just want to be these silos of power and authority in their life, these monoliths of power and authority, and just rest on their laurels and rest on their throne, their power will decay and they'll end up losing power. The only way to keep power is to gain more of it. And the only way to gain more of it is to deputize other people, give people that power so it doesn't decay over time. Okay, that's that's the entire that's the entire point. So just just be aware of that. Humility. Quote is the strength to accept the unknown and that you don't know nearly as much as you thought you did. There will always be knowledge that is beyond your grasp. Another thing that proves humility is actually taking action. Like I was saying before, just because you think you have the tools to overcome any obstacle and solve any problem doesn't mean you actually will take the action and do it. While I'm over here being like, wow, here, here I am, Mr. C.S. Joseph. I got these ENFJs and IS, these ISTPs in my life. And it's their job to be providing me some semblance of satisfaction, but they're constantly failing at it. And they're like always telling me, oh yeah, I can get you that satisfaction. I can always bring you that satisfaction. Yet they don't because they're a bunch of lazy fucks. And I'm just like, wow, oh my God. Just because you know how to solve the problem doesn't mean you're actually going to do it. And honestly, I don't care until they actually learn to take that action and not succumb to the deadly sin of sloth by their shadow like their INFP shadow or their ESTJ shadow. It's so gross. Like they, they need to grow up. Seriously, they need to grow up. And it's so funny too, because it's like, if, they, if they're not going to prove that humility with action, they're just going to end up coming off super prideful. And then I'll have no choice but to tear them down limb by limb. Like I, I don't want to have these people in my life and I will cut them from my life entirely. Like they can't be in my life. Uh, and that's why, like, I, I just, I just, I just don't really talk to my dad anymore. I don't, I don't talk to my father-in-law anymore either. Cause I just can't deal with the fact that they just expect me to listen, but will not listen to anything. And they constantly will not stop failing over and over and over in their lives. And, and then, and then at times they have the audacity to blame me or people like me when it's like, Hey, you've been pretending this whole time that you had the solution, to the problem but you wouldn't even get off your own ass and do it. Ugh, can't, can't, it's just, it's, it's horrible. So sins and virtues as expressions of learning. So uh, sloth is an expression of learning. So for example, sloth is an entitlement. That's literally what it is, it's entitlement to feeling like you already know enough and should be treated as an expert. However, a drop of sloth carries the necessary element of authority. At some point, the king does need to sit on his throne instead of always conquering other lands or vice versa. At some point, the king actually needs to be willing to go to war and get off his ass when he's sitting on the throne. Um, so the thing is, though, is that like an ESTJ and INFP, the Mind Temple are only experts if they're increasing, if they're on the journey of increasing their expertise. ESTJs and INFPs are outcome types, control types. And because of that, they often think like, hey, I've arrived. I'm now an expert. Treat me like an expert. What they have to realize in order to maintain their title or their position of expert, they need to keep going. And uh, oftentimes they don't, uh, they don't stop. So pride is an, exp uh, as an expression of learning. So pride is similar to sloth in that it stagnates learning. 
but it is much more aggressive than sloth because it destroys the learning of others who challenge the pride's own knowledge. Yeah, that's my relationship with my father right there. However, a little drop of pride can lead to pursuing competence and refining one's skill and ability. My dad is a published author. He's got multiple books published. He works really hard on that. And I have to give credit where it's due. He is, he is a fantastic author. He did earn his doctorate and uh, he's one of the most educated people I know. But what use is it? That's really my question. Like, what use is that? You know, yeah, he had a little drop of pride that led to pursuing competence and refining one's skill and ability. But what does he use it for? How does it actually help people? What's the result? What's the outcome? You see what I'm saying, folks? What is the outcome? What about the uh, living virtue initiative as an expression of learning? Initiative is when the mind temple realizes, uh, the mind temple types realize their knowledge is ultimately incomplete and they pursue new knowledge and skills to help sharpen their own and others' minds. Initiative also leads to creation of new books, lectures, and educational material, and even the company's institution. The thing about initiative, you have to understand that that living uh, virtue is a movement. It is a progression-based living virtue, which means it is a journey, and it is a journey that doesn't stop. They cannot stop taking the initiative. They have to learn how to stay on the initiative for the rest of their lives. Fortune favors the bold. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. ESTJs and INFPs especially need to learn this. But so also do ENFJs and ISTPs because that's where they have leaps of faith. They need to have leaps of faith in order to stay competent. They need to be willing to take risks. And humility as an expression of learning. Uh, humility opens the mind and prepares it for learning. Pride is a rejection of new learning. Humility is an openness to pursuing the information and education that will fill the gaps with one's knowledge or skill. Let's look at a practical application of this though. So like uh, we talk about TI and how TI can actually be ignorant. And the mind temple is the TI temple. So this, this directly applies to the mind temple. So TI as a function, logic, uh, which and just because it's logic does not necessarily mean it's the truth. It just happens to be the function that's closest or, able, or the easiest to get to truth. But it's still just logic. It doesn't mean it's true because logic can be, their conclusions can still be false based on a false input or a false premise, basically. So logic uh, is not always necessarily guaranteed truth. It's just they have the greatest capability of arriving at truth, right? So logic, uh, there, there is some weaknesses to logic. So TI users, um, when they're ignorant, they make decisions based on old input or old information, right? So like, for example, pride is a rejection of new learning. So making decisions based on old input or old information. And the other way that TI users or the TI mind temple is ignorant is because they're making decisions based on preferred input, preferred information, which is an echo chamber. So the mind temple is at highest risk of being an echo chamber out of all of the 16 types. Hooray! God, I weep for the world. So the mind temple, how it interacts with the other temples. So the mind temple sits in axis with the heart temple. So that's like the uh, superego position. Uh, it's in orbit with the body temple, which is its shadow position. So the body is the shadow of the mind and it is in reflection 
with the soul temple, which is the subconscious position, right? So just because your type is not part of a temple is no excuse to not use the other temples. So like, for example, my superego is an ESFP, uh, but because uh, the heart temple, uh, which is my ego, um, the ENTP heart temple, that means my superego has what's known as temple influence, and it is influenced by the mind temple, even though my ESFP superego it itself is a member of the heart temple, but it is an ESFP heavily influenced by the um, by the mind temple. And oftentimes it is very arrogant. It, uh, it could definitely use some humility. It's very prideful. It is also very, very slothful. And so one of the reasons why, for example, ENTPs can be entirely lazy because of the superego being heavily influenced by the sloth and uh, pride deadly sins as just an example. So the mind temple types need to learn how to incorporate the other three temples. As Dale Carnegie said, quote, when dealing with people, let us remember we are not dealing with creatures of logic. We're dealing with creatures of emotion. Education is not infused with passion or learning that doesn't serve a purpose will destroy a student's desire to continue to learn. Cultivating passion is, an insepar is inseparable from a good education. A human being is more than just a mind, and that's the heart temple perspective, something mind temple people need to remember. Uh, learning that does not lead to action enables educators to be pussies who never actually test what they teach nor refine their teachings to reflect reality. Think about professors who are teaching the exact same thing for 30 years or career politicians who haven't created any growth uh, with their whole career. So here's another example. The study made by Ansel Keys in the 1970s is still what med schools utilize as truth, where they teach med students that cholesterol, high cholesterol is the cause of heart disease. <clears throat> Wrong. This is actually false and been proven false many, many, many times. But still, med students are still taught this bullshit every single day in med school. Stanford needs to pull their head out of their ass. Johns Hopkins needs to pull their head out of their ass. Harvard needs to pull their head out of the ass. Like, I don't even know if Harvard is a med school. I don't care anyway. But regardless, like, they all need to pull their heads out of their ass. These ESTJ, INFP institutions have no clue what they're talking about. And they're literally destroying the health of the American populace with their ignorance because of their sloth because of their pride. It's so gross. Without concrete accomplishments, without action, like I've been discussing, learning and education become a buffer to hide from reality. And that's ultimately the body temple perspective. So like, so uh, educational institutions end up become creating an aff affiliative environment that has no basis on survival of the fittest. And people that graduate from these educational institutions, they're not fit. They're not fit at all. They're so not fit that when they graduate, they can only get minimum wage jobs. Have you ever thought of that? There is no respect for the collegiate anymore because everyone knows how much the collegiate is actually a scam. I, I graduated with $120,000 in student loan debt and I couldn't get a high paying job to save my life. And I worked minimum wage for years and ended up homeless as a result. I was homeless for years. It's, it's, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. You know, and finally, a good education helps someone discover who they are and helps students develop a sense of self with a focus on moral integrity. Okay, yes, for the most part, 
the thing is, is that when you have FI tricksters like myself or ESTPs, we're usually just trying to check this, the moral integrity of the education and the learning itself. And oftentimes we reject it. So we end up creating our own moral integrity instead of adopting the moral integrity that's being imparted upon us. So as a result, all the standardization we see today kills the individual souls taking part in the education. When standardization goes too far, it chokes out the individual voices that our educational institutions are supposed to protect. Education that does not treat students as humans should be set on fire and thrown into the abyss. That's the soul temple perspective. So in closing, education that forfeits one of the temples not only sacrifices making an impact, which is extroverted sensing, but sacrifices accuracy, which is introverted thinking, you know, the entire point of the mind temple, which is extroverted sensing and introverted thinking. It is the mind temple's job more than any other temple to be constantly questioning itself to be self-critical of personal bias and to be ever open to new learning while simultaneously taking action to prove its learning, prove its education, prove its skills, prove that it actually has the tools to solve problems, okay? And because if you're around a mind temple person and they're not taking action, get them out of your life immediately. They are nothing but a disease. They are, they're literally like, they're a curse on your life. And remember the definition of a curse versus a blessing. A blessing is when you invest in something, you get more out of it than what you put in. That's a blessing. A curse is the opposite. When you invest in something, you get less out of it than what you put in, right? Which ultimately has been very typical with my experience with the mind temple more than any other temple. So which is, which is hard which I guess that would make sense because they're my super ego temple and I'm their super ego temple. And being in this super ego temple relationship, it's like, okay, wow. Uh, it, just, it just seems like there's this curse upon it. It's a huge issue. Anyway, the greatest education and deepest learning occur when the four temples are all being utilized together. You guys have to understand it's your responsibility to make sure that you are allowing each of the four temples being expressed from an education and learning perspective from the eyes of the mind temple. You have to. This whole bias of it favoring ESTJs and INFPs and the entire government system and education system within schools, uh, in Western society especially, all favoring those types and those methodologies, it's, it's ridiculous. It's egregious. It's, it's prime evil, if you ask me. Something that could easily be avoided something that needs to change. And the only way that's going to happen is, in, is when education systems start integrating uh, these different temple perspectives so that everybody can be educated according to themselves. Remember the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. If you're an ESTJ and INFP, you would want your education system to treat and accept you as an ESTJ and INFP. Oh, wait, it already does. But it doesn't do that for everybody else. That's why I maintain the mind temple is the most psychologically racist out of the four temples. You guys might want to consider that because I lay that at your feet. Hopefully uh, you'll grow up as a result. So anyway, folks, uh, that concludes uh, this lecture uh, for season 18. Uh, this is the mind temple lecture. I am uh, C.S. Joseph, and uh, I will see you guys uh, next month. Thanks for watching and listening.